Hey peeps, welcome to my very first podcast. This is at New York iDoc, aka Dr. Raimondi, aka Dr. Damaris. And here we go. Let's get this journey started. I'm hoping that my podcast could be somewhere where we could like share more intimate, more private thoughts, more deep feelings, somewhere where I could interview more peeps, you know, get to know everybody, get to know me a little bit, a little bit of a therapy session slash one-on-one dialogue, you know, just, just a place to talk. So I figured that my first conversation, my first topic with all of you will be about me starting my at New York iDoc Instagram and how I started on this journey and why I decided to start. I actually opened up my iRelated Instagram. I started it a year ago. It's been exactly a year actually. And right now my counter, my follower count is at 2,500 followers. And I'm actually really psyched about that. We've all worked so hard to make this happen and to create a community. And I'm like super thankful for all of you because you guys are like so supportive. Anyways, but why did I start? Let's go all the way back to that. Um, let's see. So I've been on the internet for a really long time. I've had MySpace since about 2006. I've been on Vine. I've been on Sconex. You name it. I was on it. What else was before? Zanga. And I have failed miserably every single time to get followers. Uh, I don't really have that many friends in real life. It's just, it is what it is. I only open up to really like a few people. So it's always been really hard for me to like get like big follower accounts. And it always seemed like it was easier for my classmates and for my other friends to like have an audience and have a voice and all these different platforms. It didn't come easily to me. It never did. And what else? After Vine, like I tried Twitter. Twitter is still really complicated. I don't get it. And, you know, fast forwarding to everything, I did hop onto Instagram on my private account back in 2010. And I actually ended up looking it up and Instagram went live in October 2010. And my very first post on Instagram on my personal page was on December 2010. So how's that for uh, innovating and being an early adopter for you there, huh? Anyways, I've always tried. It, it is what it is. And the very interesting thing is all these years, all these years I have tried to make friends online. And maybe because it's a little hard for me to do it in real life, it was just as hard for me to do it like through the internet. But I've tried so many times to like, you know, get involved into a community and have failed. Uh, I'm really into Bollywood and I've tried to get involved in that fan club. And it just, even though I really love, I'm Shah Rukh Khan's number one fan. I really love him, but it just, it didn't click. I'm also really into fitness and in, in that space, like I, but it's a huge hobby. I am really involved in it and I like work out almost every single day. But again, like you want to know why those two big hobbies and interests of mine, why I was not able to create anything through that? Because 
it wasn't my true passion. I didn't have a real fire igniting me. I was born, I was born to be an eye doctor. And every single day that I work is incredibly fascinating. I love the patients. They bring in so much brand new information, new insight. They tell me about what the weather's like outside, you know, because I'm in a dark room all day. But it's just, I absolutely love it. I love problem solving. I love uh, talking to my husband about what I saw during the day. And he's not an optometrist, but he gets it. And he understands that I love helping people. There's like no greater calling. I absolutely love it. And I because I tried through different avenues that I was not passionate about, it was, it was just not going to work. It just simply was not going to work. And as soon as I said, wait a minute, this is who I am. And my story is unique and valid and it needs to be shared. And the second, literally the moment I did that, the moment I opened up, that's when all these friendships around the world started forming. This a large community started forming. And it's just, it's really awesome to be able to, to find that. You know, it, what I was trying before with social media was trying to portray someone I'm not, you know, like trying to show the highlights, show, you know, only wait till I have like a beautiful picture up or to, to wait till I lost a certain amount of weight to post something, you know, but it just, it, it wasn't real. It wasn't super open. And when you find the topic or something that you can just talk about and go on days and days about, then that's what you have to put out into the world. Basically, that's what I'm seeing right now. And also, of course, I'm passionate about this. How many years have we all gone to school to become doctors of optometry? 20 plus years, a little more, a little less. If you did the 3-4 program, a little less. Like, of course, you're going to be passionate about it. And of course, I'm going to be passionate about it. If I was able to stick through and, you know, successfully complete it uh, and, you know, try to pursue this career for this long, it has to be something that that I love and, and something that a passion that, you know, you just like you form and you work on just like a relationship. It's, you know, you fall in love immediately, but it's something you work on daily and when you work on it daily, that's when you learn to appreciate it even more. So getting past all the emotions and all the passions, there were like really three big catalysts that drove me to start a separate Instagram page apart from my personal account. Something where I could, uh, you know, talk to everyone about what I do as an optometrist and hopefully help other people to, you know, be aware of their eye health and uh, take a more, uh, prioritize it more and all that. Um, the three main catalysts that drove me and sparked my creativity and fuel for uh, having this Instagram uh, all about optometry, um, there are three things. The first one is public health education. The second is the nonprofit I volunteer with at Sites on Health. And the third, being a Latina optometrist. So about a year ago, I was doing a bunch of fill-ins and 
you know, by then I was what? I was already out of school for three years seeing patients and I started realizing and started thinking, actually this filling was a little slow. So this is why I had time to, to formulate my thoughts and to really uh, come up with like a mission statement for, for what I do. I was noticing that patients were just not coming in for their annual eye exams. And the first time they would come in for their very first eye exam would be once they started noticing that they were having issues seeing things up close. Basically, there were they were 40-year-olds coming in for their first eye exam. And so it was a lot to have this 45-year-old uh, in my chair who's uh, very far-sighted and have to have the, their, the first, their first eye exam is basically already a uh, progressives conversation, right? And then after having a bunch of patients like that, I also had somebody who was 50 years old, all of a sudden uh, was having blurry vision in the distance and they already had visually significant cataracts and this was their first eye exam. Somehow they didn't get the message that annual eye exams are important. Moreover, even less people in the general public know that a six-month-old like, can have their, that's when you should be having your first eye exam. So there have been uh, a lot of campaigns throughout the years trying to, you know, address this issue, but it's just, it's not enough. And what I thought is that if I could get the information out to my small community and to uh, have that spread, then hopefully this won't be an issue and more people can come in for preventative eye care. So that's uh, one of my reasons for starting, starting my Instagram and thus this podcast too. And my second reason for starting my Instagram is what really opened up my heart. Um, I've been volunteering with a Promise to Peru, now called Sites on Health, since 2014, since I was... Uh, what was I, a third year, third year student? And of course I was drawn to this uh, organization because both my parents are Peruvian. And my parents, they left everything behind back in like the early 80s, came over here. And you know, what, what I like to, uh, like something that's super important to me that I think everybody should recognize is the importance of, the importance of hard work and when you work really hard and you couple that with a little bit of luck from decisions that either you took or your parents took, like there's just so much to be grateful for because so many things could have turned out in so many different ways. Basically, I am extremely grateful and thankful that my parents, you know, decided to call New York their home and, you know, this is this is where I'm going to live. This this is this is home. This is it and it's afforded me so many opportunities. And that's why back in 2014, when I saw an opportunity to go on a mission trip to Peru with a promise to Peru, I said, amazing, let me put my application through and let's see what happens. And what year are we in right now? 2019, right? I, I have literally not really told, not told anybody about my nonprofit work. Cause like, that's not something you do, you know, like you, you give to give the charity, at least that's how I was like raised, you know, you give the charity and you do, you do the good and you get so much out of it already yourself that there's, 
you know, there's no reason to like talk about it all the time, right? Except, except when it's time to fundraise. So like I said, I started back in 2014 with this group. We, I've gone already on five mission trips, but at the time, a year ago, I had gone on four. And in November 2018, uh, there was an open board meeting. And I'm not part of the board, but I am an active member. But we all went. And every year, our group has had gala fundraisers, which have been super fun. I've taken my dad to it a few times. It's been great. And then um, I was thinking how uh, they were brainstorming different fundraising ideas. And I'm here. I'm a huge indoor cycling spin fan and I remember back when I was going to the studio that charity rides you know it seemed uh, like something that was uh, kind of easy to do at the time right it seemed like something easy like it wouldn't be difficult and uh, we would be able to raise a lot of money if we made each bike like at least a hundred dollars uh, with a charity ride it would be a 45 minute ride 60, 60 or so bikes front row we would do it 150 the rest of the bikes would be a hundred dollars and then in just 45 in a 45 minute class we would raise a lot of money that was what I immediately thought and so I raised my hand and said hey why don't we have like a uh, spin class charity ride and then everybody was like oh yeah that sounds like a good idea and but they really weren't sure about it but I was because by that point I had I was just like you know so involved in that and it was just something that I thought that was that could have been done easily right fast forward a few months later um I assumed oh my gosh this is so silly I assumed that somebody else on the board would just like okay Damaris said let's do a charity ride and I'm going to start doing it but that didn't happen. So of course it didn't happen. It was my idea. And I was talking about a studio that I go to and I'm the one who had the, that thought of like having 60 bikes and having it cost this much. And since I'm, I can, I tend to act a little shy with communicating. I wasn't really able to communicate this idea, this vision that I had. So at one point in January, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do this. And basically, I, I didn't realize up until this point in my life, I had never ran an event and had to fundraise for it and collect money from people. And actually, I'm realizing right now, this, this topic on its own, my charity ride that I was organized, it's something I'm actually super proud of. And that this necessitates a whole podcast episode on its own. But basically, you know, I realized, oh shit, yes, we curse on this podcast. Oh shit, how many years have I been doing this? I haven't told a single person about me doing this. And now I'm going on my fifth mission trip. I need to fundraise. Oh my God. So I ended up posting a lot more about it on my personal page but then realize this, that in optometry, I related page only about what I do so that people can under, who aren't in the health, uh, healthcare world would understand what I do. And also starting an Instagram for our nonprofit that's been around for since 2011, actually, 
that this was the way to go to really spread the message and so people can you know kind of like casually browse what uh, everybody's on Instagram all the time. That's what's happening right now. We're not really going on, on websites or anything like that. And that's where we get our information from. So that's reason number two. And more coming up on that. More coming up on how I opened up, how I was vulnerable, and how I ended up mishmashing all my passions in one event. Where do I pause this? Oh my God. And the third thing is being a Latina optometrist. I'm really lucky because in my class of 2015, there were three of us, three of us Latinas. And uh, the thing is, we're, we're an underrepresented group in all of medicine, in healthcare, in STEM as well. And underrepresented means that in comparison to the general population, there's just, there's just not enough of us, you know? Uh, not enough of us being represented in all kinds of professions. It's uh, really difficult. You have to work twice as hard, you know, to really, to really be able to put yourself on the map. In America, there are 55 million Latinos. That's more than 17% of our population and growing. And I looked up some statistics for you guys. According to the Association of Schools and Colleges of Optometry, the graduating class of 2018, the percent of students who, well not students, now doctors of optometry, the percentage of doctors of optometry who identified as Hispanic or Latino was 5.1%. And I have to add this in, and only 2.9% of them were black. That really need that really needs to change. It's just this underrepresentation. It's it's a problem, you know. A lot of our youth is uh, a lot of our youth is still not able to get into schools as much, not get involved in STEM, and but recently, you know, all of us. Here's the thing: all of us are grown up now. I'm thirty years old. And everyone else from my generation, same age, obviously, but we're all trying to put ourselves out there. And by putting ourselves out there and sharing our struggles and our successes and our wins, you know, it basically addresses that quote that I have repeated many times that you simply can't be what you can't see. And while we might not have seen heroes who look like us when we were children, we see them now. And we're here and we're needed. And even more than that, we're welcome. We're American. That's simply what it is. And we have a lot of unique things about us. And, you know, being a Latina, it's something that you know, I never really thought about until you're, you know, you're faced in, until you are in a situation where, hey, not a lot of, not a lot of people are like you, but it's okay because we all have so much in common too, you know, none, none of this is easy. Optometry school, medical school, dental school, it's incredibly difficult. And if we're all able to support each other and understand each other more and see that we're actually all not that different and share our stories 
then, you know, we can find common ground and move forward. And then the next generation, you know, we're not even going to know what hit us, which that, that I feel like that, that's the most beautiful thing. Right, guys? Anyways, guys, those are my three reasons. Uh, you know, we, that's my why, education, representation, and community. All of this is important. And, you know, I hope to get to know even more of you through this podcast. And hopefully you can kind of like get to know me as well. You know, uh, definitely find me on Instagram and let's talk and let's support each other, guys. And let's share some funny experiences too. What you don't know about me is that, yeah, I can turn on professionalism just like that. But on the inside, I'm, I'm 13 years old, so I can, I can laugh about anything. I am 30 going on 13, all right? <laughs> the opposite way. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you stayed till the end, you rock. Shoot me a DM. Let's talk. Let's be friends. And until next time, guys, peace out, everybody.